Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church. Thanks for tuning in to listen to one of our sermons. We hope that this sermon encourages you, inspires you, and compels you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. If you would like to learn more about Grace Bible Church, contact us or partner with us financially, you can connect with us at www.gbc.life. Welcome to our church family. We hope that you enjoy the message. Thank you. Good morning, GBC. I love that intro. There's some of my best friends up there. So <laughs> spent 14 years of my life. They're like uncles and aunts to my beautiful kids because, uh, yeah, they've grown up with them. Uh, my name is Mark Stockland and I've uh, been in Haiti 14 years. Those of you who are new to GBC, um, maybe you don't know 100% what that video uh, highlights for our ministry, but it's empowering leaders to transform communities. Our heart is discipleship, equipping and empowering young men and women to fulfill their God-given dreams in whatever area they want, but with a biblical, godly foundation. So you want to be a carpenter, you want to be a pastor, you want to be an electrician, you want to be a lawyer, great. We'll fund that. We will put you through our uh, leadership development program. But uh, not only do we pay for your schooling and education, but then we give them discipleship. Um, they have to serve and be part of the local church. And uh, we teach them a skill and trade. We do money management. We do uh, marriage counseling. Um, you guys all believe in marriage counseling? I think we still need it. <laughs> no. we're, we're, we do that because we, here's the thing. Here's what I see. I see a couple different missions out there where you got missions that focus on um, maybe just the Bible. And that's not wrong, but they, they love Jesus. They treasure Jesus, but they're not able to give back to the community and help economically and help their neighbors. And then you have the other side where you have people that are very successful in business, right? And they're doing great economically and business is booming and they got all this money, but they don't have a foundation in Jesus Christ. So I'm like, why can't we merge the two so that we can have great successful men and women in the community who treasure and value Jesus, who raise godly families, amen? And so that's our heartbeat at Haiti Bible Mission. So when you see all that we are doing, what these guys, Eldon, Dr. Jackson, and Rainus, and Kelly, and Jacqueline, and Dolly, and Gina, and Grasna, and Viedner, you go down the list of all these guys and girls, they're the ones doing the ministry. I get the privilege of just tagging along with them, doing some training, um, but it's your guys' prayer support that allows me and my family to invest into these young men and women. And what you see on the screen there is Eldon Jackson. What do you see them say? Now they're the ones training the next generation. The, the new leaders that God is bringing into our organization are now being trained by the guys that we have spent time training. So one day, eventually, I'll probably be here more in the States, which is a good thing because these men and women, they got it, and they're getting it. And so I'm just super excited about that. Um, I think you mentioned it before, Cameron, but you guys are, we're your longest international, right, partner of just over 13 years. We're, uh, I'm so thankful for you guys walking through this journey with us, and, uh, and just, we've been there 14 years next month, and so it's been quite a journey, so thank you guys for, for walking through that with us. But I can tell you guys that the last year has been the most challenging and difficult that we've ever experienced, ever in Haiti, ever, ever, ever. I don't know if you follow or you've been sharing or seeing on the news, but um, gas prices, we were paying $52 a gallon for gas, $33 a gallon for diesel. Uh, the good news is majority of my generators and trucks are diesel. I only have a couple things that are gas, like my motorcycles and one truck. 
but most of the Haitians, the drive motorcycles, $52. Can't really afford it. Uh, my budget for Haiti Bible Mission is $1,100 for, for fuel each month. We've been spending $12,000. <laughs> it's been crazy. Uh, the gangs are controlling all the fuel. So they are in complete control ever since the assassination of the president a year and a half ago. Um, all the food in and out, so construction supplies, all controlled by them because there's one road in and out. It'd be like Highway 27 being the only way in and out of Sebring. And, both, and it's controlled by gangs. I mean, you imagine what food is in Sebring, what plywood, right, what fuel. The price just goes up. And then when it's all gone, now you're just relying on whoever brings it in and they control the price. It's been chaotic. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been hard. You see my beautiful family there. Those that don't know, we are in the middle of adopting uh, two precious boys. Uh, Minister is the taller one behind there, and Evenel is the one standing in front of Barrett. Um, we have been in harm's way multiple times going to Port-au-Prince to, to get paper signed. So those that don't know, we're on the far western side over here in Jeremy, and Port-au-Prince is here. We have to fly over there every time we have to get a paper signed, spend the night, go to the adoption agency. Uh, we, put my, we split our family up in two separate bulletproof vehicles. They have a full security team take us. Uh, it, it's an absolute challenge just to get to this agency to get paper signed. We're sitting in the back outside waiting for the director. Gunshots are going off. Uh, it's a burning tires. It's like a war zone. But let me tell you this right now, those two boys are worth it. Those are God's children and they're mine and Lacey's children. They're our boys and we are going to fight hard to, to get them and uh, make their last name Stockland and bring them here to GBC. So you will meet them one day. You can keep praying for that. We were scheduled to have them here in September with us. We were going to do a little tour with them and go to visit our supporting churches. And the, you can imagine this the delay after delay after delay because of the corruption and everything going on in Haiti. It is a real mess. But let me tell you this real quick, though. With the mess that's going on in Haiti, do you know there's a ton of open doors for the gospel? People are hungry and thirsty for Jesus, more than I've seen. So there is a desperation and a hunger. I have witnessed people starving to death. I have given food out to places where people say, I have not eaten in two days. My kids have not eaten. That's a tragic thing. I've been to the hospital where people have died because of starvation for just lack of care. Uh, the country is in disarray, but God is good. And people are showing up to our churches, walking on foot. People are hungry when we do uh, our distribution with not only food, but we give Bibles out. And we've seen that. And one story is, if you want to show this picture, this is T. Papa. He is a witch doctor and voodoo priest in town. And I've known him for 14 years. I've known him since I moved there. I did not have the privilege, though, of taking my leaders and Haiti Bible Mission down in his community. We've all known who he is. He's very well respected. He might not look much, but um, he's like Dustin Woods, you know, real gangster, ghetto dude, you know. <laughs> dangerous. Dustin, he's probably watching this one point. You know, you remember Dustin in his old days, you know, just being all rapper and, no, I love it. I got his music. I, I actually have his uh, Love Like Gravity music. I love Dustin, so he's one of my best buddies. I love him so much. But this guy doesn't look much, but he's, he's pretty rough, pretty feared. During all those riots, you guys remember all the riots that were taking place? Burning down missions, burning down NGOs, burning down buildings, vehicles. Uh, he came up with his team, and he said, my soldiers are your soldiers. And they stood in front of our compound and made sure that nobody touched our place. 
But let me tell you, how do you, how do you get to have a relationship with a witch doctor like that? He called up Haiti Bible Mission, an elder, my main leader you saw. He's like, hey, T. Papa wants to know, he said his community's hurting, and he wants to know if we can do some food distribution and come down and bring food. I'm like, absolutely, let's go do it. So we go down with food. I said we're bringing Bibles too. We bring food, we bring Bibles, and it opens a door to just share Jesus in that community. What I found out, though, when he's showing me in his building, in his place, he loves us so much, which is awesome. He painted Haiti Bible Mission, Papacito, living the difference on his building. On the other side of this building is where he has all his witchcraft and voodoo stuff. That's a, I'm serious, it's a crazy thing. Uh, very weird. And then on the, the left side there, he's got like a disco nightclub. And then behind that, he's got a brothel. <laughs> yep. So got like five doors here, four doors there. He has all these animals over here. Uh, we're down there. He said, can you come back and do medical clinic? There's all kinds of people in his community sick. So we bring doctors and nurses down, and we do a mobile clinic. We're giving the gospel out, doing beach cleanup, giving food out. We're putting new roofs on people's houses in the community. My wife and kids are down there serving. They're walking through this building. What? And asking questions. What in the world, Dad, is going on here? Like, anybody that says homeschool missionary kids are sheltered, I disagree. <laughs> My kids have seen it and experienced it all. And... We get to share with them that this is who Jesus loves. This is why we do what we do. We have access to this community, which most missions and Americans do not have. And so this is a great opportunity. He asked that every two weeks we come down and do a Bible study or have a message in his, in his building. I said, absolutely. And just two weeks ago before I flew back here, I saw him downtown when a boat came in with diesel fuel. And we were down there and everybody's trying to get it. And he says, are you coming this week? And I said, we are. But I said, I want you to know that I said, if you keep bringing me and my team down to share the gospel, I said, we're going to put you out of business. He's like, no, you're not. I said, yeah, we will. I said, because God's going to transform those ladies' hearts. God's going to transform your community. And you're going to have to find a new way to make some money, bro. So I'm praying and believing that God is going to transform this guy's community. Amen? So while I'm here speaking and we go back next week, I can't tell you what day for security reasons, but when we go back, uh, it's going to be great. But I get to be here sharing stories because my men and women who are leaders at Haiti Bible Mission are on the ground. They're crushing it. They're doing it. They are the ones. So um, discipleship is real when you disciple, equip, and empower, and then you watch them go out in their communities and um, share the gospel. It, it's amazing. I get the privilege of kind of tagging along with all of them. So while it is hard, while it is challenging more than we've ever experienced, I can honestly say open doors for the gospel. I can also tell you this. I forgot first service with my 14-year-old son over there. He's an amazing soccer player. He's got a few organizations that are wanting to sponsor him now. He's very gifted in that. He plays on a couple teams in Haiti. His coach in Haiti actually is on the practice team for the national team of Haiti, but was a non-believer, but for three years coaching my son. My son led him to the Lord in July this year. So... That, that makes one proud daddy right there. No matter what I've done, I want my kids to treasure Jesus and lead people to Christ. And so I pray God uses his, um, his talents and his passion for soccer. And he prays every day, God, I want to be like Tim Tebow. Homeschool, homeschool kid, missionary kid, and I love soccer, but I want to use it to change the world. And when you're leading your coach to the Lord, whatever, whatever level God takes him to, I don't care what level it takes him to, just share Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm going to have to preach fast. I don't want to get the reputation like Dustin, long-winded. So <laughs> somebody out there goes, were you in the red? I say, no, I wasn't. 
And they said, oh, okay. So another guy said, well, could you shorten it up a little bit? I won't give names out, but uh, I'm not going to, I'm just going to go with what God gives me. So can I preach for a few minutes, guys? Is that cool? We can talk about Haiti later, but let me first pray. Heavenly Father, God, just come before you and ask that you just be with my mouth, God. Just pray that the words would be your words, God, that my motives would be yours. God, I pray that you'd open ears and hearts today, God. And it's your name we pray. Amen. I'm not going to lie, my head's kind of in the clouds. The life in Haiti has been crazy. Um, as I get ready to share, I'm just giving you, I'm not making excuses, but I love it when last week we were on a stage and people were asking my wife, like, what's your perspective? And it's like living in Haiti right now is like living in, a, in the midst of a hurricane every single day. Like, you know, the, just the pressure of it, fuel, no electricity, this and that. It, it's just, it's a, it's a challenge. And so just trying to survive has just made the last week here in the States, I'm just... I'm admitting to you, I'm in the clouds. And so I spoke last week, and I'm, I'm speaking today, obviously, what, what God put on our heart. But I admit, I need your prayers because it's a lot of distractions. But I, I didn't know, but now I know, because I talked talk to Cameron. I said, Is it, how many more weeks of this series? He goes, you're it. I'm like, great. So let's just cl- let's land the plane and cruise through. Christ the servant king. I have loved listening to Dustin when Wi-Fi was working in Haiti. When it worked, I loved listening to Dustin. The 5,000, right? More like 15,000. Christ the Servant King, I loved. My favorite one was uh, Christ serving us through our suffering, right? And through our challenges. I love that because how many times have I prayed, God, remove this. God, I don't want to live in this. And God's like, my my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to serve you and love you through it. That was so far my favorite one. Um, But as we we wrap up Christ the servant king, let's look at John chapter 13 and Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Let Let me plow through this real quick. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment, resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I love this passage. I got a few points. I feel like I was telling Cameron, we could dive into this and dig up. This could be four weeks just and of itself. But a couple of things that I pointed out, number one is Jesus' service was action. 
Jesus' service was action-oriented. Jesus wasn't just talking a good game. He wasn't just saying, here's what you need to do to be a servant and to lead and what to do. He backed it up with his action. I feel like a lot of us, even myself, we can talk a big game of what we do, no matter what it's sports or whatever, and what people always say, well, show me on the field. Show me on the golf course, right, JJ? Like, you talk a big game. Let me actually see you do it. Jesus actually modeled it because he actually did it with action. He did it with action, and he took the lower position. To me, this is huge that he gave up his position. Because that's not something that you see most CEOs of corporations doing. I'm pretty sure the CEO of Apple or Google or Microsoft is not going and cleaning toilets, taking the trash out. I can tell you that in the Haitian culture, being there 14 years, pastors are supposed to dress nice. They're not really supposed to do manual labor. I'm just, I'm I'm baffled by that. I'm not criticizing it. I am saying, though, that I I don't see it in some other culture where it lines up with what Jesus said. But there, there is a culture thing where you do not do certain things, dress a certain way, hang with certain people, because that is beneath you. You're up here. You, you don't go down. You don't give up that position. The thing that strikes me on Jesus' action here, what he did, is he actually picked the lowest job in the culture. You guys think about that? He didn't just serve... In action, he picked the lowest spot. In that time, just like in, in, in that culture, it would have been, the, your feet are so filthy. There's no cars, you're not jumping in your SUV, you know, and, and cruising around. You are literally walking everywhere, so your feet are dusty and dirty. You're not sitting at a table where you can hide your feet. That's another thing. You're actually, the table's like right down here. You have cushions and they're kind of laying down, spread out. Your toes are exposed, all nasty and who knows what. Just filthy, dirty. And that's what Jesus does. He literally gets up and his action is, I'm going to take the lowest position and I'm going to do what actually in those days you had a servant by the door that would actually wash your feet and hands before you came in. That's the lowest of the low. And Jesus did that with action, took the lowest job in that culture. I was thinking, what if, what if Cameron invited my family over for dinner and we're the, we're the guest of honor? That would be cool, right, to be the guest of honor at Cameron Sandals' house? I don't know. If it... <laughs> we're the guest of honor, and he's like, let me cook a good meal for you. I'm like, great. We come over there, and we're all hanging out, and then me and my family are like, hey, let us serve you. And we argue for a moment, but then he's like, okay, that's great. And then all of a sudden he sits down and I start to walk by the kitchen and he's watching. But as I start walking, I go right past the kitchen and I disappear. And all of a sudden Cameron's like, well, I thought he was going to serve us. What is he doing? And he gets up and looks around and there I am in his bathroom, just cleaning his toilet. You might be like, that is crazy. Why would you, you're the guest of honor. Why, 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 why would you do? That's exactly what Jesus did. He took the lowest position and did what people, the disciples are like, what in the world are you doing? I'm serving. Serving with action. The lowest position. Sometimes people I hear say too, they're like, well, I'd love to serve, but I don't have time. That's a, it might be true, but that's a personal choice. Um, You're right, serving does take time. But once you put your heart to it and make action like Jesus, 
it, it takes time, but the, the benefit is, is, is rewarding. But Jesus modeled that with his action, not just his words. It does take time. I'm sure it took a little time to wash 12 feet, 12 disciples' feet, but Jesus' service was action. Number two I want to point out here is Jesus' service was unconditional. If you look at verse 12, look at verse 12. It says, when he had washed the 11 disciples' feet, is that what it says? It says, when Jesus had washed their feet. Who's their feet? All 12. That wasn't just for Peter, James, John, the others. That was for Judas too. You notice that Jesus doesn't skip anybody? He doesn't skip over somebody because we're like, oh, he's unworthy. Jesus does it all unconditionally. His service is unconditional. If that were you, if that were me, I'd be like, oh, man, I'll wash your feet, not his. I don't know what's all thinking. you guys are thinking in your mind and heart right now. Jesus does. And Jesus was at that last supper knowing all the thoughts. And I'm sure it would scare me to death to know all the thoughts going on in this room right now. And I'm thankful I don't know that. But here's what's awesome. Jesus knew it and he did it anyway. Wow. Unconditional. Yeah, he might have been unworthy, but you know who else is unworthy? Me. I am Judas. I, I don't deserve Jesus for Jesus to wash my feet. Jesus unconditionally washed all 12. And I can tell you, looking you straight in the eye and telling you honest, that I have skipped over people. As a pastor, as a missionary, as a father, as a husband, I have, I have messed up many times. Not, not following Jesus' example of unconditional, picking and choosing who I thought deserved my attention or my time, and Jesus unconditionally washed all 12. And what a challenge. Even in Luke 22, the disciples, imagine this, the disciples come in, because Luke gives an account of this too, and he says that the disciples come in and they're arguing with one another, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Imagine if your leadership team back there in the room before they come out and say, who's going to sing the best today? Who's going to be the best worship leader? They're arguing about that. This is the team that Jesus has that are arguing about who's going to be the greatest in Jesus' last hours? <laughs> if that were me, I'd be frustrated. Guys, I'm about to go to the cross here. You guys are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. But Jesus is like, I'm just going to serve all of you, and I'm going to wash your feet unconditionally. The third thing I see is Jesus' service is our example. Look at 1415. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Jesus' service is our example. And even Peter says, no, you're not going to do it. You know what Jesus responds? This is a must. This is not optional. This is part of the program, Peter. If you don't partake of this and let me do this, you have no part of me. You can't be on my team. You can't be on this team, Jesus, if you're not going to let me do this because this is how it goes. I have to model this. I have to show you this because you don't see it now, but shortly you're going to understand, but this is part of the program. You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Become the least. Become a servant. Upside down kingdom, the way God views it. I'm about to go to the cross. Let me show you how it's done. He didn't just say it. 
hey, this is what you need to do. He didn't get a meeting together and say, all right, guys, I'm about to go to the cross. Just want to share with you guys, you do this, you do this. You know what he said? He says, let me show you, and I'm going to model this for you. I'm going to set an example. This is what I want you to do. Imitate my life and serve. You have a position up here? You get down low and you serve. I was thinking this morning when I woke up, I was just trying to grasp and think how big this, this passage this is. And, and I was just thinking in this critical moment, the last moments, hours, Jesus knows this is the last supper. He knows within hours he's going to be crucified. In hours he's going to be beaten beyond recognition and suffer. This is what's on his mind, possibly, knowing that he's going to be doing this in that critical moment. But knowing that all that was taking place, you know what? He wasn't thinking of himself. He was thinking of you, me, and the 12 disciples. He thought of his disciples. Because can I tell you, if I think, I'm, this might be a little judgmental, but if it were you and me at that last moment, because I've done this, you don't believe me, there's my family, you can ask them. <laughs> there are times, well, I've got this coming up tomorrow. I've got this later today. Let's go quick. Hey, I've, I'm sorry, I can't focus. I have so much on my mind, right? Distractions. It's about me. I've got all this going on. I can't really serve. Hey, I can't pay attention. Jesus wasn't like that. He could have easily been like, do you guys know what I'm about to go through? I'm about to suffer here, everybody. He wasn't waving his flag, drawing attention. Hey, I'm about to go to the cross for you guys because I love you. Bunch of dumb sheep without a shepherd. I'll be your shepherd, I guess. Like, it wasn't like this Jesus up there being all negative and drawing attention to himself and criticizing. Jesus is literally going, I think he's holding it in going, I'm doing this for you. I'm going to show you. It's less of me and more of you. It's literally that humility to say, you know what? Even though I have this ahead of me, I'm going to model this. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to wash the dirtiest part of you. And I'm going to lead by example. Because I love the fact that Jesus wasn't thinking of himself. He was thinking of us. He was thinking of you. He was thinking of me. He was thinking of those disciples and setting that example. I wish I could always say that I've modeled that perfectly, and I have not. I've said it before. I'm not a perfect pastor. I'm not a perfect husband. I'm not a perfect father. Not a perfect missionary. But I can tell you I want to be, and I want to follow Jesus' example that he sets in his word about what that looks like. Jesus Christ, the servant king, the creator of the universe, who loves us, who walks on water, feeds 5,000, heals the blind, right? All these calms the storm gets down on his hands and knees and washes my feet, washes your feet, and then all he says is, just follow my example. You want to advance the kingdom of God? Just, just do this. Jesus' service was action. Jesus' service was unconditional. Jesus' service is our example. Can we just ask ourselves some questions as we leave today? Will I serve in action? Will I serve unconditionally? And will I follow Jesus' example he set for us? Can we walk out and ask ourselves those questions and see how that's going to change and impact our lives? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you for these moments in your word. 
God, I thank you for John chapter 13, God, and the powerful message and example you set for us, Father God. God, I know it's hard for me, I'm sure it's hard for all of us at times, God, to come off our human pride and our throne to take a lower seat. God, to serve. God, to do it with action, not just our words. God, but back it up with what we do. God, you set an amazing example. God, that is what we want. So God, mold us, shape us. God, may we keep our eyes on you. God, may we love unconditionally and serve unconditionally, not just those that we like or we think are worthy, but God, follow your example. And God, you set that example. Thank you, God, for loving us. God, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for their prayers, their financial support. God, their encouragement. Walking through Haiti Bible Mission, partnering with us in the good and the bad and ugly and the challenging times. God, I pray you'd bless each and every one of them here. God, I pray that this community here, Father God, would be transformed and changed. God, Highlands County would not be the same because of the servant mentality that everyone here has. They serve their neighbors. They serve here at church. God, no job is too too small or below them. God, that we would just follow your example. It's your precious name we pray. Amen.